0: Today on the Av Podcast, you'll see the name of this episode. It's self-explanatory. It explains itself. John Gruden stepped down under a mist of Controversy due to his wide-ranging and problematic emails that touched on all the classics. Racism, sexism, uh, homophobia, porn, or at least soft porn worthy. If this email chain were an album, it would have gone, I would say, quadruple platinum on the foolishness level. And I don't even want to let this week pass without talking about it. So here we are. South Survivor is available wherever you listen to podcasts. Listen, rate, review, and subscribe and share. Hit the like button, the favorite button. Leave comments wherever you can leave them. And wherever you see those five stars, you know, to give those ratings, just know that I deserve it. You know it, and I know it. And also check out com for all of my shows. Once again, that's com. It's the Av Podcast with Cal C on South Sharaf Radio. Welcome to the Av Podcast with Cal C on South Sharaf Radio. Welcome to the Av Podcast. Today, I'm joined by my South Shurab family member slash football ringer when it comes to the NFL. Uh, please welcome back Roger Callender to the show. How are you doing today?
1: Not too bad, sir. Not too bad. Let's, let's
0: get into this, man. Uh, John Gruden, your thoughts? <laughs>
1: Oh, my God!
0: <laughs> well, well, you know before you even answer, let me let me just paint the picture quick. just for just just for people who do might not know. He had a stream of emails released. Uh, I guess this is a friend of his, uh, Bruce Allen, who at the time was the former GM of the Washington Redskins, now the Washington football team. Um, it came out during the investigation against the team. The email span chain or whatever you want to call this lasted over seven years, many of which, we not just racist, but homophobic and sexist, which in turn, John made the decision to walk away from the Raiders four years into an one hundred million dollar contract. OK, now what's your thoughts?
1: Oh my God. I, I don't even know what to say at this point, man. I mean, those are seven years worth of emails, disparaging emails against pretty much every minority. You could possibly count, or at least the major ones, you know, he talked about gays. He talked about the first gay man, Michael Sam to play in the NFL, to get drafted into the NFL. You know, he used disparaging anti-gay mar- uh, remarks against um, Goodall. Um, you know, he talked about, uh, Smiths. Smith, um, Said basically that his lips looked like two giant tires. Like I mean, and those are just those are just three emails. So you know there was a lot more than just that. They just haven't talked about it as of yet. But um, good riddance, man. He got what he deserved.
0: So I know I was saying this before, but how I found out about this was, I mean, we all saw the the I guess the news of that initial email that came about Demoras Smith on Sunday, right? Right. Like Sunday during the press conference or whatever, he discussed it, and I'll get my give my opinions on on my views of that presser. You know, a little bit later, but um, yeah, I, I you know Thanksgiving, you know, being that we're in Canada, Thanksgiving officially was yesterday, and I'm I'm at you know my family's house, in-laws eating dinner and stuff. So I came home. I didn't know all this was going on. So mm-hmm. so last night, because we basically are are pivoting from the original pod episode i wanted to do in terms of the topics and stuff because i was like oh yeah shoot let me um let's talk about gruden tomorrow too not thinking not even knowing all this was happening in terms of getting fired you know or stepping down or whatever you want to call it and 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 everything just blowing up so it's like when i put the tv on and stuff i'm like wait what and then i started reading more articles and more pieces and stuff more think pieces and opinionated pieces like um op-eds and stuff and I'm like, "Oh, okay. We we might have to just talk about this tomorrow." <laughs> like go some more depth. But it, it, but it's it's sad to say that I wasn't I mean, I was shocked that he stepped down because I was like, "Yo, what the heck happened?"
1: But then once yeah. you read it, you're just like, "Well, eh, okay, yeah."
0: Yeah, it it kind of makes sense.
1: Well, absolutely, and I mean, it all started off. It, it all started off with just this one email where he was describing um, Demore Smith. Right um, when I heard that, and I watched the press conference, I was like, "Okay." I said it was bad, but I said, "You know what? It's probably survivable." But then I got to thinking in my head, I'm like. It's not just one email. It's never just one email. It's
0: never just one. It's
1: like a Pringles chip. never. Exactly. And then also, what also tipped me off is whenever you hear somebody say, um, I don't have a racist bone in my body. Oh my God. Yeah. That's when you really have to say, okay, you know what? You're pushing it a little too much. Um, And that really set me off. I was like, and I told everybody, even people in the chats, I was like, just wait, there's more coming. I know there's more coming Mm -hmm. because it's just not one email. So, I mean... I I don't know what to say. I can't say I'm surprised. I can't say I'm surprised. And I'll be honest with you. I think if you look at, um, if you look at a lot of the emails going back and forth with a lot of the other football teams, I'm sure you'll find similar, similar, um, similar things as well. So, I mean, I think he was just, you know, he just got caught up in an investigation that had absolutely nothing to do with him. And you know, he got his fingers stuck in the cookie jar. Pretty much. That's it.
0: Talk about, uh, uh, karma biting you right in the ass.
1: Absolutely. You know, you're, you're,
0: you're, you're, 100%. But it's so funny though cuz when when anybody says what is the word again the um I don't have a racist bone in my body, mm-hmm. it's you're almost inclined to believe that. Yeah, you you probably have some racist skeletons in your closet. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Absolutely, 100 percent. I put that on the level of, oh, I have black friends, yeah or, um yeah, well, my maid, my my maid is black, and you know, we're really good friends. My, like, b- my best friend is black. my my best friend is black, exactly. that's, yeah, that says it all to me. I don't need to hear anything else after that.
0: And what does a racist bone look like? Does it look like does it look like a thigh bone? Is it like your, your forearm bone? <laughs> is it a shoulder blade what is it look what does, it res- what does a racist bone resemble
1: calvin that is a great question man that is a great question um yeah but like i said man I'm, i i i'd like to say i'm surprised but i'm not surprised i mean you know what he's saying like what he's say he's probably said a lot worse things too, to other people like vocally said it you know it's just these emails just happen to come out on light and unfortunately like he was. He would have probably have survived it if if um, it had just been those one that one email where he was talking about Demoris Smith, and he was you know people were accusing him to be a racist. You know what? A lot of people came out and said you know that's not him. You know it's not his personality. I think he would have been able to survive that. But then when he started talking about the homosexuality, making the barbs about Goodall, and you know, and then the sex sexist comments about the cheerleaders. I was like, okay, that's it. That's just way too much. Like, at this point, you're a distraction. And how are you going to stand in front of your team when pretty much half of your team is black? And I think he also has a gay player on his team as well. That's what he
0: does. Yeah, I believe so. The center, right? Or one of the the offensive linemen, I believe.
1: Yeah, he came out. I think he came out like two years ago. And, you know, everybody was like, great.
0: Yeah, Yeah, he's still on the team, I believe.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, it's a little hard for you to have any sort of credibility in that locker room when you know that these comments have been coming, that these emails have been um, exposed. And you know what? I mean... I'm sure there's a lot more that haven't even I think it was actually the New York Times that um, somebody, somebody gave, the, the, gave the, um, the emails to the New York Times, and they're the ones that they're the ones that came out with the full disclosure like the NFL is the one who released the first one with uh, about Demore Smith, but I think it was the New York Times that came out and, and they're the ones that discovered all the rest of them about the homosexuality comments and the sexist comments and so on so they're the ones that blew the lid wide open on this.
0: Once you hear the New York Times has written a piece about you that you weren't participating in, um, <laughs> it's never yeah. a good look. It's never a yeah. good thing in life. When when them, the Washington Times, any one of those papers come with if there's like an opt ed or just something when it's like, wait a minute, I never spoke to them. You're like, ah shit. Call my
1: lawyer, call my
0: <laughs> <laughs> call my manager. It's time
1: it's time to call the PR team, yeah, one hundred percent. A
0: hundred thousand percent. Now, you know what? I I want to take it back a little bit though, right? I, I want to kind of and you could interject and jump in when you want to jump in, but I, I want to kind of take this back. I want to peel back the onions a little bit on on, on, on my opinion of of, of uh, Gruden, right? Mm-hmm. So like, so like with Gruden, you know, I liked him when he was at the Raiders, mm-hmm. the, the first time, the mm-hmm. first time, mm-hmm. like back in the late '90s, early 2000s. You know, um, right. What, right? What was it the um, the tuck rule raiders you know what i mean like when he was yep. on that team like i didn't mind him then i didn't, actually didn't mind him then when he when he mm-hmm. took the tampa job though raj
1: mm-hmm.
0: it bothered me because look i mean let's face it i'm black yeah <laughs> so am i right and yep. i like tony dungy right not just because yep. he was black but he was i mean you if i mean people i don't know if people will remember this well not everybody remembers this but the Tampa Bay Bucks, for most of my youth were pretty much, they were like the Clippers of, of the NFL. They yep. were like the shittiest team ever with their creamsicle uniforms. They yep. were always trash. And it didn't matter what it was, video games, you know, tech Bowl, <laughs> early Madden, didn't matter. just didn't matter. They're just always trash. they were always right. garbage, always trash. But mm-hmm. he took that team from from nothing and he made the bucks who they were with so many Hall of Famers on on that on that defense with Warren Sapp and Derek Brooks and John Lynch and yep. um the Barber Twins like they had so many good players on defense cause I still remember that time when they um I think it was uh the Rams first time they when they won the Super Bowl. But you, I don't know if you remember that game, but like I swear to, I swear to, the, the score was like probably one of the most low-scoring games they ever had in that, in that mm-hmm. uh, Greatest Show on Turf era, and a lot of it was because of that defense. They just, oh, yes. they just completely, you know, they just completely discombobulated that offense. It's the only reason why they survived was just they really had nothing offensively, like they they just had nothing offensive to match up with them. But I I, I think I forget what the score was, but it was really low-scoring. I, that, that I remember. And I think mm-hmm. I remember the Rams getting like a fluke touchdown, and they ended up kind of just surviving that game. But it was testament to to, to Tony Dungy, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Like,
0: so when he was let go and, and and Gruden came in and opened things up a little bit, and then they won the Super Bowl the next year, I felt bad for Dungy because, you know, you're saying this offline, he, he was like a year late. a year Like yeah. he got let go a year early, right? Yep, yeah, sure. And, and Gruden, to his credit, you know, he opened things up a little bit offensively, You know, they challenged things a little bit. They weren't so conservative offensively and they ended up winning the Super Bowl. The defense was basically untouched. It stayed the same. But but I also felt like I started feeling like, I don't know, I I started looking at Gruden sideways, mostly because I felt like once he won, he really at that point, it's like that great white hope thing, he really could do no wrong after that. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, because so I remember he had the moniker, he was Chucky, you know, the scary, yep. tough yep. son of a bitch coach, you know, with this whole tough persona, you know what I mean? Like, nobody wanted to mess with Chucky, you know, the short, <laughs> the short coach. Meanwhile, I remember hearing stories about when he, he'd go into the weight room and he could and he could barely lift a plate, you know, he was, <laughs> he was struggling to even lift like half a plate of a plate, yeah. but he was like the toughest guy. Like, it was comical. Like, that was his whole persona, you know? Right. And, right, and, right. and then I remember at one point he ended up being rated as as one of the, I think it was the People Magazine. Yeah, so it's People Magazine. They come up with the most beautiful people in the world. And he made that list. <laughs> and I remember wow. thinking like, yo, what I'll is going it. on here? Yeah, it was, I'm like, yo, what the fuck is going on here? <laughs> and and it's just, you know what, but a large part of it, I didn't care about the, you know, about that, that tagline of him being the most beautiful, but I just didn't like where things were going because you could see how the media was just propping him up to be on this on this pedestal as this, like, elite godsend type coach. And his team's pretty much, and you can Google this, whoever's listening, you can Google this, the records of those of his teams pretty much after they won the Super Bowl, they were very mediocre.
1: Absolutely. 100%. Until he got
0: fired, right? Yep. Yeah. So it's like, other than that year, and you can say, like, yeah, he basically was driving Dungey's car, but he never maintained it. You know what I mean? Like he never did yep. the oil change. He never changed the spark plugs. You know what I'm saying? Like he, <laughs> the the <laughs> transmission fluid was always running low. Like this is this is how we kind of treated the team afterwards. They were always mediocre. Absolutely. They were always mediocre. And then after that, he he gets Ken, and then he gets the dream announcing job, which is yep. Monday Night Football. Yep. And then shortly after, he was he was one of the highest paid announcers, if if not the highest paid announcer in sports. And don't yep. get me wrong, he was. You know, he was good. I- I'll give him that. He was good. But was he
1: that good? He wasn't. He wasn't that good. No, no. I. You know what? I, I thought he was passable, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. um, I don't know. He He was, uh, at the time when he first started off with the Raiders back in, I think it was 1999, like, he was known to be a hard-nosed coach, right? right? Mm-hmm. He had that reputation. Um. You know, Tony Dungy, he basically, he the year before, I think it was like 2002, um, Tampa had a good team. They had a really, really good defense, right? Yeah. They did go to the playoffs, but I'm pretty sure they got knocked out of the playoffs, then, um, sorry, Gruden moved on to Tampa Bay. He basically took over a playoff worthy team from Tony Dungy and he made some tweaks on the offense. The offense still wasn't really that good, to be honest with you. They were, um, they, they still had a no name quarterback. I think his name was like Sean King or something that, like that at the time. Oh, no,
0: it was, um, oh my gosh, what was his name? You, you know what? <sighs> they replaced him with, um, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, he, he, he used to quarterback on, um, on Minnesota. <sighs>
1: Wait, did he play also on did he play also on the Raiders? It wasn't he, he Jeff did. um He did. What's his name?
0: I'm going to google it while sure. you're talking. While yeah, you're talking it's, I'm going to google
1: it. Keep going. It's, it's going to come to me. Yeah. Anyways, um, so he he basically, he took Tony Dungy's team. He made a few tweaks, and they won a Super Bowl, and good for them. Um, after that, though, um, if I remember correctly, they never made the playoffs after that. Mm-hmm. You know, he took a cushy job at, as, at ESPN, as you mentioned, and I thought he was okay. I mean, I didn't think he was, he wasn't like Tony Romo, how Tony Romo kind of, took over the announcer job and, you know, Romo's making like $20 million. He was no Romo, that's for sure. He was okay. And I think it's because he's a coach and obviously he has, he has, um, you know, he has really good knowledge of the NFL and how the different teams play and so on. Right. I thought he was okay. Um, I was really shocked when Mark Davis actually brought him back to the Raiders and that contract that he signed, the 10 year, hundred million dollar contract mm-hmm. that blew my mind. Cause I was like, this guy is straight off the streets. He hasn't coached in 10 years and you're going to put him in charge of your team. Like he was literally like the best way I could describe him is, you know, instead of going with um, an MP3 player, you're basically getting um, a cassette tape and you're trying to shove it into um, a CD player. Mm -hmm. Like he's just old school. um, Yeah. You're right. You know, I didn't think he would be able to relate to any of the players of today. Um, you know, he was, he comes from an era where it's like, you know, college football, you guys do what I tell you. Nobody asked me questions. And you could tell even from the moves that he he made when he first came in. When he first came into the Raiders, what was the first thing he did, Calvin? He got rid of the best, best um, Khalil Mack, the, the best um, defensive end. I'm not sure. Is he a defensive end or a line? Oh, that's, that's right. Khalil Mack, yes. he got His first thing was Khalil Mack, Khalil Mack was trying to get a, a contract. They were trying to renew him. And instead, he decided that, you know what? I don't like Khalil Mack. I'm just going to let him go. And I'm just going to reform the defense without Khalil Mack. And for two years, it was a huge, huge mess. I even remember that first year when he, they got rid of Khalil Mack and they traded him to Chicago. About a month, maybe two months later, he said, "Oh, we could really need a pass rusher. Pass rushers don't grow on trees." That's what this man said. I remember that, I and I was like, that. "Are you kidding me? You had the best pass rusher in the league at the time, and you basically traded him for like I think it was like two first round picks or something like that." Mm-hmm. So and I
0: mean, the, and the first the round situation. picks ended of just being okay.
1: Exactly. Exactly. So he's done a lot of questionable things. And, you know, the Raiders, I mean, the Raiders are having a good season this year. Um, But I mean, to be honest with you, I think the Raiders are kind of overrated just because of the talent that that they played against. Aside from this year, they haven't had a really good record in the past couple of years. They haven't even made the playoffs in the past four years where he's been the coach. And he's basically been getting rid of players, bringing players in, and it's it's a mess, man. It's a mess. Personally, I think this whole thing, I, I think this whole, um, you know, this whole incident with the emails. I think it's a blessing for the Raiders. Um, I think that they do have a good team, but I just think that they need a better coach. And being able to get from underneath that 10 year, hundred million dollar contract, I think it's a blessing for them, man. I think Mark Davis is, you know, doing his little, doing his little jig right now because he's like, this wasn't working, but I'm locked into a 10 year contract and I have to pay this man. And it's like, now he has the opportunity to go out there and get a real coach, get somebody who could actually coach his team.
0: But, but here, here's the thing though, too, like, and I, and I agree with everything you said. I think the, the full autonomy of of running the roster to me is mm-hmm. where even back then you're like, how was John Gruden getting full run of this of a, of any franchise like this? Like I'm like <laughs> I'm like yeah he did the Monday Night Football. I'm not saying he can't go back and coach, All right? You know me or get another chance to coach. That's fine, but to be like you're running everything, yeah. I'm like I'm like what did this guy do that he could be running everything? I don't you know, what know. I mean, I'm, I'm like, I'm like Bill Parcells, that's for like Bill Parcells. If, if Belichick ever leaves the Patriots and wants to go another team, you give him the opportunity to, to run everything. It may fall, yeah. It may like be like a Phil Jackson situation with the Knicks and and, and be like a disaster. But he, he at least deserves the opportunity. You know what I mean? If he wants to run that's a cool. whole franchise. OK, sure. Even Pete Carroll, <laughs> even Pete Carroll, with all the success that he had in Seattle, if he decides to leave somewhere and, you know, <laughs> and they want to give him full autonomy. Oh, okay, you know, because he had a, a a great run of success for a while on he top did. of winning. So okay, that that can work. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, yo, this guy hasn't been a coach in like six, seven years. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, you know, up until uh, f- from basically from 2004 going up until he got fired, he was mediocre at best. Exactly. So like, how exactly. does this guy get? I mean, at, at the first thing I thought, of course, is I'm like, ah, it's just the Raiders being the Raiders. But then I'm like, but I don't care, you know, like if he was the last good coach there, there's no reason why you should be like, you know, like I know Bill Parcells used to say this thing where, you know, you, you get the shot for the groceries. Like there's no way you should be put in the cupboard. Yeah. Like, I don't think you deserve that. Like not every, just because you win, like you got to me, you got to win at, if you're going to win one, you got to have like, maybe like a a 60, 70 win percentage or something. You know what I mean? Like to sustain that, to be like, okay, well, you know what? Maybe if you give this guy full autonomy, it's okay. You know, where all the decisions are going through him, we we can kind of run with that. Like the only coaches that have that is like in sports, you're thinking Mm -hmm. Belichick, you're thinking uh, Coach Popovich with San Antonio, but those guys have won at least five rings. You know what I mean? You understand where that's coming from. Oh, for sure. But one and Monday Night Football? Like, I never knew Monday Night Football could, could, (laughs) that, like, the windfall from that could be so amazing.
1: You know what? I I think it's just familiarity with the Davis family. Um, Al Davis, Al Davis loved Gruden. He loved Gruden. Gruden was his guy. He was basically his right hand man during that time. And Mark Davis, who was his son, grew up watching that. And what I think is, you know, fast forward, 12, 13 years later, um, he decided to go with Gruden because he knew Gruden and he trusted Gruden. Um, That's the only reason why you would give somebody a $10 million contract. I'm sorry, $10 million a year contract um, for 10 years, right? Right. Um, there has to be more than just pedigree there, right? That's That says more of a relationship than anything else. I mean, Belichick doesn't even have – I don't even think Belichick's contract is that, that solid. No. Like, who the hell gives somebody a 10-year contract for $10 million a year? And he hasn't coached in about – I think it was like 10 years. I'm not even sure. Yeah. But he hasn't coached in like 10 years. Who like, does that?
0: Like, this wasn't Vince Lombardi.
1: You know no, I mean? it wasn't. No, no, no. He won one Super Bowl. He won one flipping Super Bowl. And that was his first year in Tampa Bay. Um, right. but aside from that, it's not like he doesn't have the pedigree of the Belichicks, um, or um, you know, of the the Belichicks of the world or um, you know, even the Popovich Coach Popovich, nothing like that. So I mean, that just screams to me like familiarity, maybe even a little privilege there. You know, he knew the right people. He was part of that family. He was probably whispering in, in Mark Davis's ears for years about possibly coaching the team. And then the opportunity arises, and he took it.
0: Now, it's funny because the, the one where you just said there, a little bit of privilege. I would remove the word little and replace <laughs> it with lot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or, or a lot. <laughs> because, you know, it's it's interesting because, yeah, like, and I get everything you're saying. I get that in terms of him being the coach of the team. I get all that. That's all. That's fine. <laughs> You know, as, And as we know, like in sports, a lot of this stuff is relationship-based, right? If you have a great relationship with an owner or somebody that's running a team, there's a good chance you could probably get in there if you want to get in there and go that route. You're going to get what you want to get, you know, based on the type of relationships you have. So I, I totally understand all that part of it. But running the whole team,
1: okay. you know what I
0: mean? Like, and, and that's the thing. That comes with power and privilege based on how he was propped up for the last decade and a half before that. So for somebody like him, like, I'm sorry, he's, he's been feeding off that reputation for years, for almost two decades. Yes. You know, so like to me, when that news, when the news drops this weekend, like I can't sit here and say that I'm stunned because it just reeks of somebody with power and privilege, especially when you're looking at those emails. Like, I think I was even asking you last night, like, yo, was he was he even coaching at the time of these emails? Cause I couldn't even quite remember. I'm like, was he coaching or was he still in the booth? Yeah. So when really, like he's the in the booth, I'm just like I just started laughing because I'm like, at that point, like, why do you even give a shit about Demoris Smith? Exactly. Or Goodell, like, you know what I mean?
1: Yep. No, I get it, and I don't disagree with you. I mean, but then again, when I think about the NFL in general, look at some of the coaching decisions that have happened within the past, let's say, five years. Owners pick coaches that they feel comfortable with, and usually it's people who look like them. You know, there's a reason why, um, you know, last year, even though, you know, there was tons of there was like five or six different NFL coach vacancies that actually happened. um, I think there was only one person of color that was actually hired, Um, even though I could name at least three, maybe four guys that at least should have gotten an interview, at least. So, I mean, yeah,
0: like the still hasn't gotten the job yet.
1: No, he didn't. I don't even... I Did he even get an interview? I don't even think he got an interview, Calvin. I'm not
0: even sure if he did last year, no. I'm not even
1: sure yeah, if he did. which absolutely blows my mind. But, I mean, I, I think this is just how it grows. This is how business is done with the NFL, unfortunately. So, I mean, I'm not surprised that they picked him. From a business perspective, you would not... Nobody would, would give somebody a tenure, unless it's soccer or something. Then they kind of give those type of contracts out to the best players, right? Mm-hmm. But... Goodall is, <laughs> I'm not Goodall, sorry, Gruden. He didn't deserve that contract. He shouldn't even be coaching in the NFL period, if you ask me. So, yeah. yeah, he got taken down.
0: And I think, too, because, you know, even though he wasn't a coach, because of the position he was in at that time when he was in the booth, he's still such a influential figure just based on the job, the attention mm-hmm. that that job gets, the persona that he has, and then what he's getting paid in the booth. You know, it's like those emails are gonna hold weight. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like to me the arrogance to even send that to to that man's work email address. I mm-hmm. mean and for that length of time too, like for for you know, for the course of seven years, it's it's comical. Like I mean I am listen, I'm sure there's there's worse thing that's been said in other areas, but like just for like work etiquette one oh one, like even if like I know, Roger. Like me and you are gonna have a private conversation. I'm not gonna send that to your work email address. Of
1: course not.
0: Like you have a Google account, you have a Yahoo, you might have a Hotmail still. I don't know, but <laughs> but just but you know what I mean. But we're gonna if we're gonna have these kind of conversations, whatever the conversation is, once it's past a certain level of etiquette that you want to get in your in your work email, you know, we're we're gonna have that on our private on, on our private email. Like it's it's just Absolutely. simple etiquette. Like. You know, just don't say wild shit on that. Like I'm not gonna say wild I'm not gonna say wild shit on your work email address. I'm gonna just keep it like straight and simple. Hey Roger, you we're still meeting up for lunch? Cool. Hey Roger, did you get the file? Okay. You know? <laughs> Can you get this appointment for me? Okay, cool. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm not gonna talk to you about like, yo, you, you saw that Instagram chick on oh my <laughs> god. On the shade room? We're not gonna <laughs> talk about that.
1: Yeah, you would think that would be common sense, Calvin. But common sense is not so common. And um, he obviously thought, like, it never even crosses his mind that he would ever get outed for something like this. Even though in the real world, somebody would not be sending those type of emails through their business email. They wouldn't. They wouldn't. Because most people have more common sense than that. But um, you know what he he thought he was invincible, and unfortunately now he's out of a job. Rightfully so too.
0: Yeah, and no. and, and it's funny because on the other side of the, of this of the coin too, right? You know we're all opinionated, right? Mm-hmm. And we all <laughs> have things that we say about other people too. It's just that's just the way of life. Yeah. But if if people can get nabbed on the things that they say in chat groups or, or emails to their friends, everybody in society should be scared.
1: Absolutely, one hundred percent. You know what I'm saying? One hundred percent. We should all yeah. be scared,
0: you know. And, and and don't get me wrong. Like the emails, like in terms of losing your job or, or getting reprimanded on 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 your emails, that's been happening for a while now. Like, I, I, yep. Yeah. There's a story that um, I used to live next door. Um, my next door neighbor where I used to live, just probably like early mid two thousands. Um, he was applying for a job, right? Mm-hmm. Um, he was applying for this job. He was still in university. He was a really smart guy, a really smart kid at the time, you know, and he was um, applying for this job and he sent his email, you know, sent us, you know, did the an interview and stuff and gave them his email address or what have you, right? So I think he might have forwarded his resume, whatever, right? Actually, okay. so let me rephrase that. He didn't even do the, I don't think he did the, the I can't remember if he did the interview or not, but either way, um the person who received his email, right, for this resume <laughs> sent the email coworker, right, saying look at this ghetto dude right here because of his name, not realizing his name was still was was still cc'd. Oh wow. And ended up making, it, yeah, ended up, and I think they got I don't know if they ended up getting fired, but I know mm-hmm. they definitely got reprimanded because um, it ended up being like on on the news It ended up being on on the Toronto Star. Like wow. it ended up being like a whole big thing. So imagine like you know somebody's, you know you send a you you send a resume for your job and then you're getting a response back and it's like look at this because guy needs bastard <laughs> applying for this job. She <laughs> thinks he's gonna get in here and you're like um wait a minute I don't think this is supposed to be meant for me, dude.
1: Calvin, I put that on the same level as somebody watching porn on their company on their company laptop
0: yeah basically
1: like come on man come on you know somebody's gonna be monitoring it at some point in time like seriously but once again it's that privilege you know he felt like he could say what he want, whatever he wanted and he didn't give a shit you know no. if he had if he had any sort of common sense at any point he would have thought you know what let me send it from my personal email to his personal email right but no, no, he, he thought that there was no possible way he would ever get caught. So, you know, he said some horrible, horrible things. And or, you know what? Or, or,
0: or to, to even be more frank, mm-hmm. I, like not even the fact that he was going to get caught, like he just figured he was big enough that even if yeah. he was to get caught, it would just get submerged. True. Right. True. Because, True. you know, and, and that's the thing, too, like it's. It's a scary space to be in when you're high profile, like you have to understand you can't say anything to everybody on on any platform and not think it's going to come back on you, you know, because to me in this in this business, especially in the sporting business, public opinion affects the bottom line. And for a man to walk away yep. when he's still owed like basically 60 plus million dollars tells you yep. everything right there.
1: Agree. I agree completely. I mean, lo- look at the whole cancel culture that's going on right now. People are pulling up emails from people or texts or or tweets yep. from like 1999, 19, well, 1985. Is- <laughs> like, it's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. But when you're a public figure, you always have to keep that in mind, because at some point in time, somebody might go back and and look at some of your stuff and they could possibly bring it up. Not to say that this is a case, I think this is a case of cancel culture, not at all. Um because like I said, this email spans seven years and it wasn't as if it was a tweet or anything like that. Um I think it was just, you know what, you did something really shitty talking about talking about the NFL, talking about goodall, talking about the first, you know, the first gay man to ever play in the NFL. It came out, and now you're toxic. You're toxic. If they had kept Gruden on, if the Raiders had kept Gruden on there, literally for the next three to four weeks, all they would be talking about is Gruden's emails. Oh, yeah. Nothing about the team. He was a huge, massive distraction, and that was one of the main reasons they had to get rid of him.
0: Only to me, because the one of the questions I was going to ask you is, you, you know, but you kind of answered it already. You said, do you do you think that? Um, he still would have kept his job had it only been about the Morris Smith and his big lips, you know. Like that, that was going to be one of my questions. But you know, mm-hmm. I, I think we we both know the answer to that. I I think the answer yeah. is sad, but it's yes. Yep. Y- you know, yep. because because to me, like o- only to me, obviously, only when it went to the homophobic side and the homophobic comments did it get him and you know get him the axe. Because yep. to me, in this day and age, talking negative about about the LGBTQ community. It gets yep. you canceled. It gets you thanos.
1: Quick. You get, get thanosed. One cents. Quick. One snap and you're gone. And it's actually funny you mentioned that because over over the weekend, last weekend, um, my wife and I sat down and we watched the closer, um, the new David Chappelle um, stand-up comedy show on Netflix. Right, right. And this is something he specifically addressed. Um one of the things that he mentioned was that he was very imp- impressed with the LGBQT community because they've had so much movement in the past couple years, a lot more movement than the black community. Yeah. Like you cannot say something that's homophobic. um, That's, you know, about a trans person without getting canceled and being basically, you know, blacklisted from every party, every show, anything basically out there. So, was I surprised that this was kind of like the straw that broke the camel's back? No, not at all. I think he would have been able to survive it was if it was just a racial aspect of it. One hundred percent, you know, because there's a lot of racists out there. And basically, his friends came out and they said, "Oh, he's he's not like that, and that's not the the Gruden I know." And blah 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 blah. Right? Same old bull bullshit. But then when those second set of emails came out where he was talking about and saying how queers shouldn't play in the NFL, I knew at that point that was it. That's it. He wouldn't be able to survive that. He would not be able to survive that. And that's something that David Chappelle brought up. You know, he yeah. says he he says it. And a lot of people don't like it. You know, and they're they're trying to they're trying to cancel him right now for it. But a lot of people are standing up and they're saying no. They're saying, no, he's not transphobic. He's not, you know, he's not saying anything against the trans community or the LGBTQ community. He's just giving his opinion. And, you know, I, I share his I share a lot of I share his opinion on a lot of things that he's saying.
0: Yeah, it's 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 funny because I to lend us what you're saying, like it, it's sad that, you know, it doesn't get you fired on, on your own in terms of just that, you know, the, the Morris Smith comment on its own. Right. Right. And, and don't, don't, don't get me wrong. I, I don't want to act like everyone's perfect and, and you can't recover from mistakes. Right. Like we're of humans. Course, it also tells you how far things have to go, because to me, I thought one of the, the I don't know, I guess at this point now with everything that's happening is kind of underrated. But I think like to me, the one of the most arrogant things I saw was his press conference after the game when they lo- when they lost on Sunday
1: because mm-hmm. his whole mm-hmm. thing
0: was, well, you know he addressed it you know he apologized and he was like but his his stance was kind of like and i think he even kind of said it i'm not talking about this anymore yeah i don't want to talk about this anymore and i remember i remember thinking my first initial thought when he said that well i'm like wow that must that must be a nice feeling like that's that's <laughs> a nice feeling when when something like this can come out and you're like i'm not talking about this anymore i'm going to address this one time and i'm not mm-hmm. talking about this anymore i'm like That that's like a special kind of I'm like, yo, that's 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 a nice point of privilege to be on. Yeah. When when something like this is coming to your front door and you're just Mm -hmm. like, you know what? I'm going to address it. I'm sorry. You know, this is something happened, you know, 10 years ago. But I'm not talking about this again. I'm like, wow, you can you can actually dictate. You can actually dictate how how long this this gets talked about. And it was funny because when you watch certain shows after you made that comment, nobody addressed it. Nobody said, wow, that's kind Mm -hmm. of arrogant every day just went to the next highlight like nothing happened i'm just like holy shit you know (laughs) (laughs) like like that threw me so that like i said so once once i saw the news and all this stuff happening the next day and he stepped away and he walked walked you know walked away from the contract i was like those emails have to have have been heavy but that's the first thing i thought i'm like it's a damn shame i don't i don't think the morris smith thing would have been enough
1: no no like you said, man, it takes a special type of privilege to actually just be able to say, you know what, I'm not talking about this anymore, and people actually listen. That's the thing. Yeah, people actually listen. And um, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm not big into this whole cancel culture thing. Like, I, I, I'm really not. Like, I believe just because you do something, you know, earlier in your life, or you say something, or tweet something earlier in your life. Um, I don't believe that people should be pulling up stuff from 15, 20 years ago, or even 10 year, or five or 10 years ago, right? Because people grow and they mature. You know, how I was in my teens isn't now, isn't what I am, What not who I am right now when I was in my 30s. And it's definitely not who I am in my 40s, right? People make mistakes and they're redeemable. But I mean, we're talking about a pattern of racist, homophobic, sexist comments over seven years, where he basically bashed his employers, right? Yeah. Because if he's a coach in the if he's a coach in the Raiders, he's still part of the NFL. You know, you think I can go? I work right now. You think I can go and and call my CEO some of the names that he called his is the president of his company without there being any sort of backlash? Yeah. Hell, no hell no i would be literally fired within probably around 15 minutes they'd be escorting me out of the building honestly so yeah it's crazy
0: now i guess this is probably i guess one of my um well i was gonna say one of my last questions but where do you go from here if you're mark davis and you own this team <laughs> I want to hear your opinion on this because I, I have a thought process on this that, that that may trip you up a little.
1: I don't know. That's a good question, Calvin. That's a very good question. I mean, at this point, um, they bumped up the interim. Um, well, they bumped up. Um, the, um, the assistant coach. So I think he's, he's the interim coach right now. Um, so either way that I believe the interim coaches coach is probably going to play out towards the end of the year. And then I think Mark Davis is going to go out there and he's going to find another coach, probably somebody else that probably doesn't deserve it. Like maybe, uh, I don't know, Adam Gase or somebody. No, and he's going to have them coach no. the team. <laughs>
0: no, no don't, don't say those eight letters ever again in life. No. <laughs> No, for the <laughs> love of God, no, not Adam Gase.
1: Listen, man, <laughs> these NFL positions, they're really rarely given to the people that actually deserve it. That's all I can say. <laughs> so nothing would surprise me at this point. You know, but the, the Raiders do have, they have a good team. You know, they have a good team. They have David Carr. He's a really good quarterback. Um, You know, they have some really good pieces. They have some decent wide receivers, a few young wide receivers. Um, Their running back is really good. Um, Their O-line, they aren't as good as they've been in the years past, but they're still pretty solid. And their defense, it seems like their defense got a lot better from the past years before. You know, they picked up a few good pieces. So I think, I mean, they are a good team, and I think that they would be – they would be a good team for somebody to coach for sure. They would be an attractive team because they do have some really good pieces. So I I think he's just, he's one quarter, I think he's one quarter, um, one coach away from possibly, you know, getting a wild card spot, maybe making the playoffs. I think that's possible.
0: Hmm. Okay. That's interesting. Here's another way Mm. I'm going to go with this, right? Because this, to me, this is kind of like, you know, in terms of like the cancel culture, the emails, all that stuff it's this this is kind of goes along the same ways of the slippery slope aspect of it, right like because because you gave Gruden this autonomy right, this ultimate power to basically run the franchise, forget about mm-hmm. like all the other things being said in the emails right mm-hmm. to me when you give somebody this kind of autonomy what how does that affect like hiring of staff of players? Mm-hmm. Of consulting on other hiring hiring processes that fits the culture, the quote unquote mm-hmm. culture, did those things come into play now? And and I'm not even saying that it is just in terms of if you know, like we, you know, if you if you're thinking like he's a, he's now a racist or he's looking at it through these kind of prisms where you know what I mean, where this is how he was hiring, you know what I mean, like based on those those ideologies as well. But like, so I'm not even saying that this is what he's done. But to me, if you're the Raiders, number one you're going to have to inspect this with a fine tooth comb now because because of how things played out you know it's like listen like everything's kind of on the table you gotta you gotta research just to make sure were there better candidates for you know the director of scouting you know what i mean that did that maybe went to somebody else you know what (laughs) what i mean like mark like mike madoc was was like a gm right he's a gm of of the team you know like did he have a part in that as well? like did you know what i'm saying like was was there was there other candidates that might have been better? You know what I mean. Was there a black candidate that was better? Was there a Latinx oh. candidate that was better? A Hispanic candidate that was better? Like was there? You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. like, like these things you gotta like kind of look at. You know what I mean? Like, was there other things in place that affected culture that maybe you know? Because you've seen this thing where the um, Marquette King, the the punter, like the flamboyant punter, that yep. used to be dancing and doing all that stuff. And he but he was a really good punter. You know or he, he was. was a good punter you know for a certain period of time, and you know he got let go because of personality issues now exactly yep, I mean he's a punter, you know what I mean? I don't think he really caused dramatic controversy. he did affect games where he was getting penalties and stuff like what does that mean? you know what I mean like like all of that to me has to like you gotta look at that stuff now. it opens up the window for all of these things now mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. so to me I'm like that's and and then you know and at least at least to my I guess it kinda leads to I guess a next a scenario I'll kind of throw at you here. Like nice. Mark Davis, you know, he's not Al Davis. Yeah, he was, you know, he's the son of, of 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 a an NFL owner or like a, a Maverick NFL owner, right? Yep. Yeah. But yeah. but he wasn't the guy that lived and breathed the Raider culture like his dad was. You know, I and mean? he inherited it and then, you know, like and he's doing what he's he's done with it, you know, especially he kinda had the Maverick spirit in terms of relocating him from Oakland to Vegas. You know, there's Mm -hmm. there's there's people in the Bay that are still mad at that, that that they lost the team. Right. So he does. He doesn't live the lifestyle of of the Raiders like his dad was right. So with the (laughs) aspect of this happening, you know, you moved into a new arena, you know, new stadium built is beautiful. This is the right time to cash out.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I think so. Absolutely. Absolutely. Do I think he will? Do I think he will cash out? No, I don't think so. Mm. I don't think so. I think that the the new NFL contract, the TV contract that they just signed, uh, I think it was like last year. They're making money hand over fist. Um, The new stadium that they're playing in right now is the most high tech, um, high tech money making stadium in probably possibly in the world. Um I think he's making money either way hand over fist. And I'll be honest with you Calvin, you know other teams have gone through a lot worse than this. Sure. I mean look at look at Houston. And their racist owner. <laughs> They're basically playing Deshaun Watson, how much was it? 35 million dollars I think, 34 35 million dollars, just been on the bench right now.
0: To stay home. He's not he's not even He's no. not even dressing for games. like He's literally home.
1: He's literally at home watching TV, getting paid $34 million a year. Or I think it possibly even is higher. Right? Mm-hmm. And management doesn't want to trade him. He already told them he's not going to play. So they're literally burning through money. And they've put together a patchwork team, which, to be honest with you, they're playing a lot better than what I expected. So I'll give them that. But they're still 1-4. And considering like that gm still has a job blows my mind and then with all the stuff that's gone on within the past couple of years with the racism and everything like i mean I-, I i think this is survivable what i'm trying to say is i think it's survivable for mark davis i think he just needs to find a clock he just needs to find a. he just needs to find a good coach and i think they'll be okay because at the end of the day you know, Raiders, they're playing in the L.A. market and with the new TV deal and everything so that's going on, on right now. The West Coast
0: market, not the L.A. market, because they're in Vegas, right?
1: Sorry, the, the West Coast market. Yeah, I apologize. The West Coast market, I think they're making money. He's making money hand over fist. So I think he's good. Well, and like I said before, there's well, a lot of teams that have gone through worse, and they're still around.
0: Oh, oh, yeah, in, in terms of him, like, in terms of the PR hit for, for Mark Davis, he's fine. And that's, the, that's not the reason why I'm saying that so the reason why I'm saying that is because when he inherited the team you know we have this perception that every owner is a multi-billionaire he was right. not that he wasn't even close to that right mm-hmm. like when 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 the, when he inherited the team they was he was not close to being a billionaire like whoever's listening if you google the story about how they moved to Vegas it was almost like a let's just say he basically he basically Mr. Magood is such his way to Vegas. If you read this story about like the how they got the stadium approval and all that stuff, it's like, he yeah. pretty much Mr. Magood his way to, to Vegas. Like, like to the point by the time he was done, they're like, how the f- did this guy pull this off? He don't, I don't even think he realized what he was doing. And, and it's like, he, he, he got a world-class stadium out of this. The team got to move and the yeah. value went up. And, yeah. it, and, and it had nothing to do with his with his genius let's, let's put it that way <laughs> you know so right. so be, so because of where the, the team is valued at now with this situation i thought that's i'm like I, I mean i guess it probably makes sense to, to say what to do what you're doing in terms of to say what you're doing in terms of you know just getting a new coach and trying to you know restore the culture and everything else but i'm like considering the fact that you were not at the time that. When the approval and stuff went to to um you know to get them out of Oakland and uh, to move to Vegas and everything else, not to say they were going to be bankrupt or anything like that, but he, like you, were, they were starting to run out of money. Right. Like, they, like the, even with the Raiders, like people getting paid and stuff, that was that was an issue.
1: Right. Yeah, I think actually now that I remember, you're you're absolutely right. Yeah. I think that was one of the, the sticking points with Khalil Mack because they couldn't pay him the guaranteed money.
0: Right. Right. Exactly. So, so yeah. that's what I'm saying. So, at this point now, if you think about it, like you're the team is pretty good, right? the The Raiders has that the brand on, you know, like they're they're one of the best brands in sports in terms of even though they're they're kind of rogue or what have you, they're still they're still the Raiders. You know, you're in a thriving sports market where before, you know, within the last three years, you have um. You have an NFL team. You have a, a hockey team that went to the Stanley Cup Finals. You have a WNBA team that is that is really successful. Um, you know, there's talks about uh, having a baseball team move there. There's even yeah. talks at some point. You know, maybe within the next ten years, there may be a basketball team there. And then on top of that is Vegas, right? The stadium is a state of the art multi. You know, it's it's worth over a billion dollars. It's just off the strip. You know, yep. I, I'm like, is this now a good time to cash out? Do you wait till the season's over and you and you put it up for sale? you Do you sell it to somebody like a like a Jay Z? You know what I mean? Get get a black order in there. I don't know. Do you sell it to Diddy? Do you sell it to you know? I'm saying Magic. Jo- I don't know. These are the things that are like coming in my head when I'm watching this stuff. So that's why I'm like, is this a good time to cash out? I I don't know. I would I if I was him, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I would I would definitely give it some thought.
1: Yeah. After what's no. happening. I I don't disagree with you. I don't disagree with you. But considering that that was his father's team and his father, that was basically his father's baby for how many years? um, I think he's probably just going to keep it in the family. I think he probably wants to pass it on to his kids. I mean, that's what I would, that's what I would do. Having an NFL team. is hard. It's difficult to get an NFL team. You literally have to have billions of dollars, or hundreds of millions of dollars to be able to even afford any, like the the crappiest team out there is still going to be worth like six, seven hundred million dollars. Yeah. So, you know, people don't normally, it's not like these teams come up for sale every day. Usually something really, really, really bad happens. And that's why the owner needs to sell the team. But aside from that, usually, you know, the family that owns the team keeps the team within the family for years and years and years. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's always a possibility, 100%. I just don't, I, I, I don't think that that would be something that he would do personally.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, I, like I said, it's, it's just, just playing devil's advocate, I guess, in a sense. But I, I wonder if that's like a box because, you know, most owners, especially, you know, sports owners, they own other businesses, right? <laughs> there's, there's very few owners that their only business is that team, most owners, mm-hmm. The team is like it's like having like a an, another Maserati, you know what I'm saying? Like it's it's like it's sure. like a it's like a hobby, you know what I yeah. mean? It's like most most guys they're they're not the only family I can think. I mean, there's a few in sports, like you know, case in point, the um, the Lakers because the Bus family that's all they do, like right. Right. Uh, the, the the all the siblings that own the family, like they just the Lakers are their business, you know what I mean? But the Lakers is one of the most profitable and. And large, you know, sport brands in, in all of sports, right? Yes, so, absolutely. So they can, you know, so you can, you can actually just live off that alone, you know what I mean, and just be fine, mm-hmm. but and I mean, and I guess the Raiders in a sense because of the name Raiders, no matter, and they've, they've moved multiple times, you know, since we've been watching football, but oh, absolutely, but like the, the name the the brand is still sustained, you know what I mean, like you still have diehard Raider fans that are never going to go away and, and and they travel, it's large, you know what I mean, like it's yeah. It's it's yep. a it's a major thing, but I'm just like because you weren't a billionaire prior to this, and like and as you were saying, you know they they could barely pay Khalil Mack. That was probably that was one of the reasons why they got rid of him. Mm-hmm. You know mm-hmm. when you when you're looking from that aspect, I'm like, hey man, here's your chance to be a billionaire. yep. <laughs> so yep. yep. You know what I mean? I'm like, Ugh, I don't know. It's something I would definitely be like, you know, talking to with my partners and you know my <laughs> family and that kind of stuff. Not saying I would do it. But it, I mean, yeah. but to say that you would be ignoring this right now, I think, I don't know. I, I think that's kind of crazy. Just because yeah. again, you're, it's not like you know, I, I have an app company. I own Twitter. You know what I mean? I own Instagram. I you know, I own uh, I own Google. I own you know what I'm saying? Like, there's not something like that. But you're right. At the same time, it, it is so hard. Even those multi-billion-dollar own um, you know, billionaires and and I mean, think about this, Roger. Okay, let me let me throw another scenario at you. Right. Everything you right. said is right in terms of prestige, in terms of your daddy, you know, like own the team, and you want to keep it in the family, you want to pass it to your kids. All that's great. What if Jeff Bezos calls you? <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Because yeah. because what if because what if he offers like five billion for this team? Do you say mm-hmm. no? And the reason why I say that is because for somebody like Jeff Bezos, you know, Amazon. You probably made that in a day.
1: Oh, absolutely. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. He makes millions of dollars a minute. So I would yeah.
0: So so that's what I'm saying. So if Jeff Bezos calls you and just says, Hey, hey Mark Davis, or hey Roger, um mm-hmm. I know this is a this is a family run business. I got five billion dollars, take it or leave it. <laughs>
1: yeah hey you know what because because, everybody everybody has a number in their head calvin everybody has a number in their head well well, the reason
0: reason why i say that again is because you know not just the fact that he you know he's never been a billionaire in terms of mark davis but five billion six billion dollars the raider name still means something you know what i mean so this is is not like the houston texans like the raider name still means something
1: Mm -hmm, you know mm -hmm, so mm -hmm
0: if he decides to sell the team he's getting top money it's kind of like Donald Sterling with the clippers because of, right. i mean don't get me wrong the, the clippers did not have a name the, the clippers name for the most of their history was terrible but because of the market that they are in and the, and the type of team that they had that was finally like, successful and exciting you know what i mean it was like must see tv for you know for Blake Griffin and and and, uh, and Chris Paul and DeAndre Jordan and all the exciting players they had on their team they sold it for 2 billion dollars Mm, Which at the time good. was like completely unprecedented. You know what I mean? Like so, yeah, like, so sure. e- everybody's value went up because you're like the Clippers is historically one of the worst teams in pro sports, and they just sold for two billion dollars because they live in LA. Yep. You know absolutely. I mean? so, so that alone drove everybody's everybody's market up, right? So and I mean and, and the and the, the guy who bought it, who took it from them, I mean, Roger, that that guy bought the team from with with uh with no help. He bought that he bought that cash. <laughs> Steve Bomber bought that cash. He's building an arena for um for the Clippers that should be ready in a few years. Cash. No taxpayers' money. Straight cash. So yeah. this is a situation where I'm like, if you decide to like put a feeler, like if I was him, I'd wait to see how the season goes. If they make the playoffs, God forbid, it's even better. Like at that point I would I would like field secret offers and say, like, hey, will the Bezos was with well, you know the guy who owns Google shit. This, would Mark Zuckerberg be interested in the team? Good as the Raiders.
1: <laughs> no, I, I hear you, and uh, I can't disagree with anything you said. um What I can tell you is, I just I just googled the network of Mark, uh, the net worth of Mark Davis, and he's worth five hundred million dollars.
0: It's a lot.
1: <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's, it's a lot.
0: Nothing to <laughs> sneeze at.
1: <laughs> it's a lot. I'm it's not this, like he's not I'm a making, rich man right now, I'm, Calvin. I'm mean i you...
0: making it sound like he's worth like eighty thousand dollars. <laughs> I, I know.
1: I know. <laughs> I know. 500 million dollars a lot of it was inherited from his father and yeah he's you know he's obviously the owner of the team as well right <laughs> you said a lot so, of it all of it <laughs> yeah oh absolutely so i mean i don't know i don't know see i'm always the type of person i'm like you know what what's the difference between a billion dollars and 500 million dollars you're rich as shit already. He probably has his own island. He probably has his own jet. He probably has right. all these things, right? Right. So, I mean, yeah, you could sell the, you could sell it and make, you know, another one point five billion dollars probably, or four, or four billion, <laughs> or four billion. But then. What are you gonna do? What what can what can four billion dollars buy you that possibly five hundred million to a million five hundred million to a billion dollars can't? And that's always what my thinking is. And don't get me wrong, people do think differently. And I know with rich people they're on a completely different vibe because they just want to get richer and richer and richer, and usually that's how it goes. But in my head, I'm like, I don't know, I don't know. It's it's good question though. I have no clue, man. I, I don't know. Maybe maybe he he would possibly sell, you know. Yeah. But I mean, he's a very 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 rich man already, so I don't know.
0: <laughs> yeah, and like I said, prior to like a few days ago, who knows? Maybe that thought doesn't even cross your mind. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? But but now that it's here, now you're like, huh? Huh? Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> you know, maybe I don't do it this year. Maybe next year though. I don't know. Like you just, you know, I don't know. I guess you see how yeah. it plays out. You see who plays yeah. out and you see and it out. Like I said, I would, be, <laughs> I feel like it's the wire, but I would definitely, uh, I would definitely let a kite out. I would definitely like let the carrier pigeon, uh rumor carrier pigeon just fly out the window and just, just see what the yeah. pigeon comes back with. I don't know. Just well, see what it comes back with.
1: Yeah, Yeah. 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 I'll tell you one thing. If he ever did put that team up for sale, I mean, I, I think there would definitely be some buyers that would be interested. Was, I mean,
0: Roger, it would sell fast.
1: It was, absolutely,
0: it would sell immediately. They you, they would not have like a, a shortage of, of pursuers for that for that um for that for that team if they, if you're willing to it's put true. it for sale, especially because where they are right now and how Vegas yeah. is picking up, especially in the sports market. And then again, it's because mm-hmm. it's Vegas and and yep. um, and gambling is changing and all that stuff in yep. Vegas. Betting is changing and stuff. For, Ah, I don't know, man. It's, it's something I, like I said, it's something I would, I probably would have never thought about prior to, I really, truly Roger. I probably didn't think about this until about a half hour ago, but, <laughs> but it just came to mind when we were talking, I'm just like, you know what? I don't know, man. Like this green yeah. thing might present more opportunities than, than me just not paying them,
1: you know? <laughs> hey, hey, that's, that very well might happen, man. That very, very well might happen.
0: Now my here's here's my last question. I I guess this could end on a funny note but um and I can't believe I'm even asking this but where where does John go from here?
1: That's a good question, man. Um, maybe he starts a podcast. I don't know. Um I think he's toxic right now, so he'll probably disappear.
0: I can't afford disappear. him. I can't afford him. Sorry, go on, go on, Roger. I can't afford him. Go on, go on.
1: <laughs> I think he's probably gonna disappear for a year and then he'll pop up doing some sort of podcast or something. Um I don't know. Like he he's toxic right now, but just because somebody talks it now doesn't mean that they're gonna be toxic a year from now, right? Yeah. So, I mean, he's, I'm sure he has a lot, he knows a lot of powerful people and, you know, I can't, like, it's possible he could, he could possibly do some comment, uh, commentating somewhere down the line, you know, three, four years down the line, somebody will give him a job because that's usually how it goes, right? No, no the, US, the U.S. loves, loves, loves to put their, their stars on pedestals and then take them down and build them right back up again. They love a comeback story. So, you know, Great point. I wouldn't be surprised if he gets an opportunity somewhere down the line to do something else. I don't think he'll be a coach again. Yeah, um, I, think, I think that's over. I was, think that's over.
0: Because even now, I mean, based on his age and the success that he was having so far, it was outside of the contract. Take away the money. It was sketchy to say that he was having big success coming back on the second go around, anyway. So, exactly. so I, exactly. so I, I agree with that part of it. I, you know, and it's, I, I can see where this is gonna play, how this is gonna play out. Just in terms of, I'm thinking if I'm, you know, his 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 PR right. If I'm if I'm his PR mm-hmm. team, I'm like, be contrite, do an interview with somebody. You know what I mean? Somebody reputable, whether it's 2020 or Dateline. Yeah. Or one of them shits, you know what I mean? Like one, one of them like tell all interviews, you know, where yeah. where you're showing contr- contrition and you're and you're being contrite, um, you know. Go go to some like racist and 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 you know and homophobic classes, you know what I mean? Like seminars <laughs> to like you know better your, you know what I'm saying? Like you you can see where this can kind of go, you know what I mean? <laughs> and, and and then you know you, you continue to be contrite, and then in about a year or two. You're, mm-hmm. you're you're doing uh you're calling the games for the lions you know you're mm-hmm. you're on a you're on Sirius XM you know you you yep. pop up on somebody's show, you're doing that analysis you still show hey man you you still got it you could you're still a good analyst and you're still being <laughs> contrite all of a sudden you know yep. two, two years from now or, or you know within the next five years you're gonna be driving in our car and you're like, hey, you know what put it on the john gruden uh, uh Sirius XM radio station. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> because he owns the station. No, no, no. Notice I didn't say show. Notice I didn't say show. I said station. Because he's gonna own a station. Like you can mm-hmm. see where this, this is gonna be coming down the line. So I'm like, uh, I don't know, man. It all it all makes me a little sick.
1: Calvin, <laughs> he's white. He's a white male in America. He'll always there'll always be a job for him. Sorry to say, but there'll always be a job for him. And the last thing that I'm gonna say about this is. I'm a big fan of Master Chef. You know that cooking show? Yeah. Right? Huge fan of MasterChef. So I was watching it this season and who popped up on there? Paula Dean. I don't know if you remember Paula Dean from a couple years ago. I think it was about a couple years ago. Oh, I do. Um, I do. She was she was notorious for having those parties, um, anti-antebellum parties in Tennessee, where they'd have the black maids and the black servers, and then she made she obviously made some very racial remarks, and she was blackballed. She was canceled. She was canceled. But you know what? She's back. Two years later, she's back. So it's all about who you know. And if you give them, give people enough time to forget, it is possible to make a comeback. And I wouldn't be surprised if, if he doesn't make a comeback in a few years.
0: Yeah. And I mean, right now you're seeing like, you know, the the the, the cult the, the cancer culture modus is in full effect. You're seeing it already in terms of uh, mm-hmm. he got his name removed from the, the Buccaneers Ring of Honor. I saw that now now players are saying stuff about him, like, you know, he's not needed in the league. And I'm like, it's sad to say, I just keep thinking, "Mm, we'll we'll see. We'll we'll, we'll see. I just, I just have this thing. Like he's going to come back because just because of the pedestal that he was in, like I said, if you, if you're running his PR, you know, you show contrition, you know, you, you, Mm -hmm. you you do the work as they say, the quote unquote, do the, the, the work, like I said, you know, it, it could it could go from having you know being on a show to owning a, a your own radio station on Sirius XM.
1: Absolutely, one hundred percent.
0: Right beside ESPN now. You know, like like you could you could you can, can kind of see the, the 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 like the road to this already. You know what I mean? I'm just I'm already shaking my head.
1: Absolutely, and look at the circles he's he's hanging out with. I mean, you know, he's he's rubbing rubbing noses with um, um the Davis family owners. Of um, I'm, I'm sure like he, he knows all the ESPN, ESPN, um, sports analysts. Um, you know, this guy's been a coach. He's been in the football league. He's been in the football league around the football league years, for probably yeah. over 30 years, possibly yeah. even longer than that. Yep, yep, yep. So, I mean, somebody's going to give him a shot for sure. Yeah, It's just, they just got to wait and they got to sit tight and they got to let everything blow over. I mean, that's just how it works. I mean, it's just how it works. White and American guy. A white a white male American. He will be back. Trust me when I say that. You know? This guy'll probably go off to Europe somewhere. You know, he's already got forty million dollars inside of his bank account from from Raiders Nation. He'll go somewhere, he'll, you know, buy him go chill on an island somewhere for the next year and then come back, start a podcast, and in about two, three years he could possibly be, you know, an analyst. They'll, they'll be bringing him in part time to give his analysis of football again, and you know, or he'll start off with college and then move back to the NFL. They love a comeback story. He'll be back one hundred percent.
0: That's almost a guarantee at this point.
1: Absolutely, one hundred percent, no doubt about it in my mind. You know, Americans have very small memories. I'll tell you that much.
0: Well, on that note, this is very sobering. But let's wrap it up right now uh <laughs> so so um so yeah so what we'll do is that you know next week we'll do the show that we were supposed to do because every I want to do it every quarter or at least every third uh every third of the season to to do a, you know like a, a wrap-up of where we see the league so far at least I want to do that this year not including the playoffs that we do every year so um and the Super Bowl breakdown and stuff so um that was a show that we were supposed to do prior to this so um I, I say yeah we if you know if, if it's all good with you is come back next week we do that we do the show that we were supposed to do before gruden came and uh and blew up everybody's uh everybody's news, news uh newscast and everything else right
1: so okay no problem man i'm down anytime you're ready just let me know man definitely <laughs> all
0: right sounds good but thank you for hopping on the Av once again as always You know, it's a pleasure. You can pour your own juice now, which you've been doing for a little while. I wish you would refill back at least a minute made back in the mug. But it's all good. We'll get to that later. That's another time. Another another, uh, (laughs) another thing for another time, I guess.
1: Sounds good. Thank you for having me, Kelsey. Always a pleasure.
0: Thank you for tuning in to the latest episode of the Av Podcast. And thank you to Roger for hopping on this one. And like I said, he'll be back on with me next week to break down the first third of the NFL season. Look out for that one at the end of the week. Now, we got a lot of episodes coming at you with respect to the start of the NBA season. For starters, I have a new episode about the most intriguing players of the season. That episode will be out tomorrow, a Saturday special. And then the annual conference previews, which will be out on Monday and Tuesday. And I I can't wait for you to hear them already. (laughs) Um, You can catch them all right here. Hit me with that five-star love. Listen, rate, review, subscribe, leave comments, and check out my website for all of my shows at SouthSharaf.com. Once again, that's SouthSharaf.com. From Roger Callender, this is Cal C. And you just tuned in to the Av Podcast on SouthSharaf Radio. Until tomorrow, peace. We out.